Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. I am so excited today because I have with me in the studio virtually Miss Erica Milsom and Mr. Tony Kaplan, who actually work for Pixar. So although I'd love to be in person with you guys right now, I will just gladly take this. So we're going to have so much fun discussing the very new reality TV show Inside Pixar that's going to be streaming on Disney+. And let's get into it, you guys. Well, welcome to the show. Welcome to Getting Cozy. Thanks. So good to be here. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Erica, my listeners know you from the other Pixar film that you did. And, you know, if you just want to give them kind of a little overview of your background a little bit and how you got to Pixar and what you do currently there. Well, I started at Pixar as a temporary assistant editor on a three-month assignment. And now it's about 16 years later. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Um, And I worked for many, many years and still continue to work in what a department that creates documentaries and Tony and I have worked alongside each other there for a long, long time. The documentaries we do cover the behind the scenes of the way that Pixar puts their films together. And I actually made the short film loop, kind of stepped out of that department for about six months last year and made a short animated film that's showing on Disney Plus called Loop. And that was more of a directing animated film versus documentary stuff. And I loved chatting with you about Loop. We had such a great time talking about the origin of of the film. It's just such an emotional, heartwarming short film. If you guys haven't seen it, please go check that out. It's now streaming on Disney+. And Tony, I would love to know about your background and what brought you to Pixar as well. I have more of a background in traditional documentary work as an editor and camera person. And somehow I fell into this niche of making ups. I I worked at Lucasfilm on uh, some of the Star Wars movies. And so I had some big, you know, studio experience, live action experience. And then they were looking for someone to do the same kind of work on The Incredibles, which like Erica's, you know, I think it's about 16 years ago. Uh, and I got mm-hmm. brought in to document the making of The Incredibles, and I've been there ever since. Well, no pun intended, but that is incredible. Um, 16, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that many times. 16 years ago? Wow, I feel so old. That happened 16 years ago? Yeah, doesn't that make you feel like uh, time is fine? <laughs> For sure. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. How fun to work on something like Star Wars, too. Do you have children, Tony? I do. I do. They are unimpressed. What? (laughs) Yeah, they don't. They're not particularly impressed by the whole thing. Wow. Well, I am very impressed, as I'm sure everyone listening, so we'll speak for them. So both of you play very pivotal roles in the brand new reality TV show Inside Pixar. How did that show come to be? I know when I was with you, Erica, gosh, it's been almost a year now, I feel. I can't believe that. Chris was mentioning that this was coming out. So when did this kind of start becoming an idea in the Pixar world? Tony, do you remember? It's funny. It sort of it rose up somewhat organically. We, Erica and I are, I guess you'd call us, you know, we're journalists, but we're embedded in the Pixar culture. We work on, I mean, sometimes I do things like create reference for I I spent a lot of time in Mexico for Coco just doing research for the production so videotaping 
mariachis playing or, or whatever. And so we're really embedded within the productions, but we have one foot in and one foot out. We also are making things about them. So uh, we were in a very unique position from Disney Plus's perspective to make interesting documentaries about where Pixar movies come from. Yeah. So it's sort of right place, right time, I guess, Erica, would you say? I think so. And I think it probably, I feel like it came up around the time I finished Loop and that we walked over and then Tony and I were, you know, Disney Plus had come about and we were asked and then I think we also decided we wanted to create something unique and very, very different for the Disney Plus platform and focus on the studio more than a film-by-film approach. Mm. And that, I think, was like sort of the big origin of Inside Pixar. But I'm, I'm so sorry, time means nothing right now in the pandemic. It's like, yeah. I don't know, Aaron, when we... <laughs> well, I also, I think there, there's this idea in reality television or what we call, you know, unscripted television, that there needs to be a conflict or like some kind of contest where two people are pitted against each other. And that's what creates interest. And we were more concerned, let's say the internal conflicts. How does somebody grapple with their own creative process? What makes a job challenging? And what are maybe some jobs that you wouldn't expect exist at Pixar? That was, I think, our our leaping off point anyway. I think it's so interesting. When I went to Pixar for the first time, I mean, it was such a magical place. And it's I think it's shrouded in such mysteries. It's very exclusive, right? So to have a peek into what goes on there is just kind of very exciting for a viewer, especially a lover of Pixar, you know, Disney fan. So I just think it's great that you guys are kind of unveiling what happens behind the scenes and I'm just I cannot wait to see so can you give us kind of like a little sneak peek of what to expect from the series there are four collections and each one is made up of five you can call them episodes if you're watching on Disney Plus they they'll just play one after the other so it's almost as though there are four hour-long episodes that are of a particular type, each one's on a particular subject. The first one, the one that actually is up now on Disney Plus, is called Inspired. And it's about where, or maybe I'd be better to say, like, who ideas come from. How does an idea end up on screen? And it follows five different people who have either come up with an idea that's on screen or taken an idea and changed the way we do everything there. And that's the first collection called Inspired, and it's up now on Disney+. Plus. It's also a portrait-based series, so it's definitely looking at individuals and their contributions to the studio. And actually, we have three more collections coming after that. The next one, I think, is going to be in February. We should know <laughs> collection coming up is another portrait-driven collection, and it really covers the best-known jobs of Pixar. So that one is really fun. You've got to take a look at some people who make huge contributions to the studio but aren't often seen on screen. And then we have two further collections down that are peeks into how we make our movies, very process-driven but a lot of fun, like really trying to say, like, what are the big questions that were constantly asked about the way that Pixar works and how they both create imagery on screen in a 3D way, like being a 3D studio, and then also, what are some of the philosophies that make the movies work so well? So those are kind of farther down the line, 
every one of them, we want to have you feel the same sense of, like, joy and inspiration that we get watching the people who work here every day. I think that's one of the big qualities that Tony and I both got to explore is, like, we're constantly making movies about our friends here. We Oftentimes, we have to sacrifice an individual story to the story of the show, which is great. Like, we tell the story of the film. But in this case, I feel like we're really getting a chance to dive into those individual stories and help the viewer make connections to all these amazing people who make these films. And I think that's so important because it's not often that we get to see what's happening behind the scenes. I think that's so important to put the spotlight on the people that are creating what you're seeing. And I love that. It's just such a unique idea. I agree with you, Tony. I don't think it needs to have that competitive aspect to it to be interesting. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I can't wait to see more episodes. So I think that you guys are doing something just really groundbreaking. And like I said, I love that we're able to talk about it and hype it up because it deserves that. Do you think Inside Pixar will continue? Um, You said there's another collection releasing in February. Are we going to keep seeing this for like years to come, do you think? Yeah, that would be great. I think we could keep pushing. There's a lot of opportunity here to keep uh, exploring some of this idea that we're really doing portraits of individuals rather than, as Erica says, you know, most of the time we're trying to tell the story of an entire movie and none of these movies come out of the head of a single person, right? I mean, they're, they're uh-huh. always a team effect. There are no auteurs in this level of CG animation. I'm, what's an average crew is 250 people and we're trying to represent you know, how many people go into making one of these. So it's really wonderful that there's so many stories to tell Mm -hmm. because there's so many people involved in every part of every movie. Well, I think a lot of people would like to know kind of how you guys are handling the pandemic. When you are working at Pixar now, what is the environment like? Are people more spread out? Are less people working? Are there shifts? Like, how is, <laughs> how is it happening? Barely, barely anyone is actually working there. So okay. Pixar made a transition to remote working so quickly. You know, I think that for some places, like, they had, like, days that they worked from home. You know, maybe other companies had that. Pixar, like, that was not a part of our culture at all. We were very face-to-face. Mm-hmm. For a digital company, we were a very analog community where people like to get together face-to-face. They like to look at art, be able to write on it. You know, there's so many parts of our culture that took place in the same room. And I think it was a real testament to both the culture and the support network of systems people here at the studio who just, like, flipped that culture and said, okay, we're going to make movies together at a distance. And so everyone wants to get back to the studio, for Mm -hmm. sure, but there's only, like, I can't even, it's a very, very small number of people because we're abiding by the county recommendations for how many people should be there face-to-face. I think the average day, there's about 1,100,000 people in the buildings there. And I was there yesterday, and my understanding is there were 20 people. So we went from 1,000 to 20. And it's an interesting shift, but Pixar does believe in the team effect and the in-person effect and this idea that 2 plus 2 equals 5, kind of, that your 2 and my 2 together has an additive effect. So I imagine... Uh, despite the fact that some people probably have enjoyed working from home, I still think that uh, most, most, the vast majority are going to want to go and be back at the studio together when the time comes and the county lets us. I'm sure they will. 
I have all the hope and the faith that that will happen eventually. But I do love that, you know, Pixar is being so conscious about what's going on and they are doing what's best for everyone's, you know, health and safety. So that that's really good to hear. So let me ask you guys, are you both fans of reality TV? Is this like your first kind of foray into that world? Well, despite the fact that I said, like, I, you know, I think there's this idea in reality TV that, you know, there has to be competition. I am a huge fan of Project Runway oh. and, a huge, and a huge fan of the, the Great British Breaking Show, both of which are basically contests. But uh, yeah. I, 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 love, I love those. That, those are my big uh, reality shows. I love that. And Erica, you said you love, so you think you can dance. And you, you and Chrissy, right? Yeah, you and Chrissy love, so you think you can dance. Have you been watching anything in quarantine, reality TV-wise? Well, it's funny because I was thinking about Cheer. I love Cheer over oh, yes, at cheer. Netflix. That one's oh, been yeah. really fun to watch. And we're both, Tony and I, definitely like Chef's Table, and we also really enjoy Abstract. Abstract, I think, of course. Yeah. I think that we both like love watching. It's, it's hilarious because I'm trying to think of all the ones. Whenever one of us sees something that we're like, oh, this this feels like it tells the story of artists or a collaborative process really well. We'll be like, hey, watch this. <laughs> we do a lot of like working together to define the overall aesthetic, to define what topics we're going to cover, and to kind of pre-produce and write anything we need to write ahead of time. And then we split off and we shoot separately with separate crews and work separately with editors. But I think that shared, like sort of trying to find the energy and like, you know, I guess it's called unscripted now, you know, but it's very funny. I still think of it as documentary, like that documentary has become something that's turned into a serialized form mm-hmm. where you can look at a topic in a lot of different ways. And I think we're always trying to find a new way to tell stories that we've heard around the studio. I love Cheer Chef's Table Abstract. Um, so you think you can dance is amazing. <laughs> I am not. I am not familiar with abstract. What is abstract? I mean, I'm assuming it's art uh, based. We highly recommend. So good. It. It's uh, it's yes. portraits of visual artists. It's on Netflix. Okay. And it actually was a real touchstone for us as we approach this too, because it, it is talking to somebody about their creative process, showing their work, and talking about. In some ways, I think there's this idea that vulnerability is a thing, because that's one of the keys I think we discovered in Inside Pixar is that in order for an idea to be resonant, meaningful, a piece of art, whatever it is you're working on, whatever you're creating, for it to be meaningful, it needs to come from a real place. And if you're going to come from a real place, you need to be willing to be and opening you know to the world seeing your insides on some level mm-hmm. so you know you all the false starts all the mistakes all the abandoned ideas and the pixar people inside pixar really let us peek into their brains and their creative processes and, and mm-hmm. i think abstract really does the same thing thank you i'll have to check that out for sure Something comes to mind. I'm just curious. Were the people that were working at Pixar, were they open to this whole reality? Like, we're going to film you doing your thing, you know, in real time. Like, was everyone pretty open to that? Yeah, it's, they are conceptually. Like, in the beginning, everyone's super open to it. And then when it gets down to the brass tacks of, like, we need to get you on this day into this review, everyone's still, like, really, really generous. It's just that... The films were moved at lightning speed. And so actually that was one part of our production process that I thought was kind of interesting is that 
when they needed to create space, like when it was just like, oh, this isn't going to work for this character or this person, because we were working concurrently on at least 10 episodes at a time, we could work together with our amazing team and the teams at the studios to say like, okay, well, if this person's not available at this time, because for instance, Kemp, on the day we were supposed to shoot him in the studio, he got promoted from writer to co-director, which is a pretty remarkable day and everything about your job changes, right? So just trying to negotiate that felt like, okay, you know, everyone's up for what we want to do, but there's the needs of a studio making a film. But the thing is, I think there was never any sense of like, we don't want you to see what's happening. But our team, I think that's the fun thing about like us being embedded in the studio and the team we work with. They were kind of a hybrid of like outside directors of photography and inside producers. They're really able to negotiate with other players in the studio. So it was a fun game of Tetris that every day was an like every day you would show up and you'd be like, are we going to be able to do this or are we going <laughs> to do something else? Right. And still, I think they look beautiful and amazing and considered. Like, yes, everyone did a great job trying to bring the best to the table while still remaining flexible with the process. Yeah. And handling, you know, a pandemic and all the stress that goes along with that. And <laughs> maybe know, they have kids at home oh at gosh. school or, you know, it's just it's crazy. It's so, so crazy. Um, and I, I'd love to ask each of you, how have you been handling the pandemic? We're just surviving right now, I feel, right? So besides diving into work, which is just an outlet, how else have you been handling the quarantine? Well, I mean, work has helped a lot. <laughs> Having work be a focus point and being yeah. able to do a lot of it from home. And then Erica and I are in a unique position. We're able to be one of the 20 people in the building sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that helps a lot. That's been a grounding you know, I'm not going to lie. It's been hard. I've had hard weeks where something about Zoom and having many, 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 many hours of screen in your face where you're seeing your own face, everyone <laughs> else's face, just feels so draining. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the one thing that I've discovered, and this isn't really about COVID or, or dealing with the pandemic or the quarantine or anything else, is that when I am doing video, when I'm doing a Zoom meeting of some kind, I turn off my own camera so I don't have to look at myself. And I oh. find that that, that helps me yeah. a lot. So <laughs> that's that's my, my uh, the, the one thing I can point to that I actively am doing that really seems to have made a giant difference in my energy level. <laughs> I love that. That's, That's so good great. Tip. It's funny because I feel like what happened to me was I threw myself into work. You know, what we could do from home, we did. And it felt really joyful to have work. Like, I don't know if I've appreciated my job. I always liked my job and loved many parts of it, but I just felt so grateful for it. Um, and then I also, because one job is not quite enough, I started writing a feature in about April, I think, like, a, a, just a side project. Couldn't do it in my office, so I would drive my car to the beach and write <laughs> in the Aww. night in my car. <laughs> That's so nice. Just to have sort of, but I feel like there was this interesting thing that, you know, we've gotten kind of accustomed to it, but I feel like there was so much fear and unsureness and anxiety and to escape into a imaginary place for me was super powerful. I really needed that. And then to be able to come to work, see my friends through Zoom. You know, we had just gotten the last of the live action things we were shooting. 
almost the last. We we had to like actually forego a couple of days of shooting, but we were so lucky with the series that we finished almost everything we wanted to shoot. We finished the day before everything shut down. Oh wow! And so that was amazing. Yeah, and it has this power where like. Actually, when we showed the trailer to the studio, because we kind of, before we premiere the trailer outside in the world, we show it in a company meeting. And I can't tell you how many emails we got that day. We showed the trailer, and the tra- I, I don't know if you've seen it, but the trailer just shows the studio in action, and it has the lights coming on, and it kind of shows the breadth of the work that we're doing in Inside Pixar. But for the people inside Pixar, it reminded of them of who we are and how we work together. And, like, they were just... Tony, I got all these emails from people who were like, I was crying. That trailer made me cry. Well, I got a lot of people saying how much they, they, it reminded them of what they missed. Mm. Really, it was, it was nostalgic to them. Yeah. It felt like a reminder of the power of this culture and this community. And that's, to me, I'm really excited for the people outside to see it. But I also feel like this is a weirdly positive time to represent the inner experience of all of us. Yeah. When we needed it the most. So, I, I can. I, I just want to jump in and say I can. I can vouch for that. It was really emotional seeing that trailer and the whole series. In fact, the ones that are live, it's really emotional to watch each each episode. I just wanted to also echo that the trailer was so impactful. And I think Erica, you had shared it maybe on social media is where I saw it. And I, yeah, I was very moved. And I, like I said, I reached out to Chris, I think right away after I saw that trailer. Well, you guys, I cannot thank you enough. The one thing I want to end with is I just want to, you know, really congratulate Pixar on all of the awards that you guys have collected in the past few months. You guys are just, like I said, you're groundbreaking Pixar in general. I mean, I hope you feel such pride working for such an incredible company. You guys are doing amazing things. And I hope to work with you more in the future because you guys are so inspiring. Well, oh, thank this you so much. so great. Yeah, this is so fun to talk to you. You too. I know it's just fun to talk to anyone right now. It's so fun to connect, right? It's just so nice. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so, so much. You guys, please go watch Inside Pixar streaming now on Disney Plus. And in February, there'll be another collection for your viewing pleasure. Thank you so much, you guys, both of you, Eric and Tony. Please stay safe and happy holidays. And I do hope we can see each other in person. Maybe next year, I would love to come back out to the studio. I had the best time ever there. We can't wait to meet you in person. It sounds great. You guys, thank you for listening. You guys stay safe and always stay cozy. Till next time, bye. Have you ever had a bad waxing experience? I had one so awful that I swore off waxing for good. Until the day I met Nikki, the owner of Lunchbox Wax. She convinced me that her salon was nothing like the one I'd experienced. Though hesitant, I agreed to try a service at Lunchbox. I am so glad I did. She was right. The salon was warm and the staff was so welcoming. My specialist was kind and patient, bending over backwards to make me feel relaxed and calm. The service was quick and as comfortable as it could be. I was amazed waxing could be like this and made sure to book my follow-up appointment. I'm grateful to Nikki and so glad I chose to trust her and Lunchbox Wax. Book your waxing appointment today. Make your life smooth with Lunchbox Wax. New to waxing? After your first wax, get the same service next time for free. Already a Lunchbox Wax fan? Save up to 48% and get a 12-month Brazilian unlimited membership. Book online at www.lunchboxwax.com and use the code BOGOFREE. With all our Bay salons now open in Dublin, Alameda, Walnut Creek, Concord, Brentwood, San Ramon, and Camden Park. 
Use code BOGOFREE at www.lunchboxwax.com.